Last week, I made that comment about all you, all of you staring and watching as I walk across the platform, and I thought I said I don't have. I'm on the property walking around, and I don't have um, that many human eyes looking at me. And uh, you'll never know how many times I thought about that this week <laughs> as I'm staggering around and stumbling around and stepping in holes and stuff. And I'm looking up, seeing which cow's watching me or, you know, or what's going on. But uh, anyway, it's funny how things stick with you. And, uh, you know, sometimes you kind of regret saying something, but it's kind of it, once, once it's out, it's out. All right. If you will. Um, We've got a lot to cover today in a very short period of time, but um, if you're looking for a title, I would just say I think the simplest title would be, Believers Are Overtaken by Blessings. Believers Are Overtaken by Blessings. And you'll see where we get that from in just a little bit. So let's begin, if you would, turn in your Bibles in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 13. Just going to read a passage. The whole idea from last week about giving praise and being thankful and being grateful. And then today already we're singing, count your many blessings. It's important that we understand the benefit of giving praise and uh, expressing gratitude and gratefulness. I, I think it even goes down uh, to little things like thanking God for our food and for the blessings that we have even at the dinner table. So uh, let's read this, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. How often does it say there? continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. By, the, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the blessing of being a born-again child of God. Thank you for Jesus sacrificing his life for us and making a way for us to have eternal life. We just thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your unconditional love. And pray that today would be a, a day of encouragement, that we would see the scriptures that uh, just... Uh, just spell out so clearly the benefits of being a believer and uh, just trust that you would encourage our heart today and help us to focus on you and learn from you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You know, I was, uh, I was just looking. Um, do you understand and do we see that even the lost, unregenerate world acknowledges that there's a benefit from having a good attitude. I mean, you can just research it. You can check it out. I mean, this is from their perspective. They, they're not relating anything to Scripture. They're not saved. But they see 
the benefit of looking at things in a positive way. They see the, the even, even they even, you know, have some research to say, they, they believe, and scripture, I think, re reinforces and backs it up, but there are health benefits to having a positive attitude. One thing that I did read, I thought was interesting, that when a person looks at things with a positive attitude and they have uh, a, a good approach to things, they're better problem solvers than someone who is just negative, 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 negative. Now, last week I pointed out our humanity and the struggle that we have with the flesh. And the flesh is not just, you know, this bent on sinning, like going after, you know, stealing, lying, lust, these things. Our humanity, our old man, has a tendency to, to bring us down from where we need to be, even emotionally, as we think about our relationship to the Lord. So as we continue this, this topic of, from last week, and thinking about Thanksgiving coming up, that we should be thankful, and we should be giving praise continually to the Lord. We should express our gratitude. We need, and, and I just, I would just want to say, I was not raised in my childhood bringing, coming up, I was not raised in a real positive, the, at, the atmosphere was not a real encouraging to me, at least from my perspective, the way I saw it. As I struggled in school, as I, I had issues like that going on, it was like, it was never, the motivation was, if you don't do better, you're never going to mount anything. And, and just, it was a kind of a negative approach and things were always bad. And so it, it's not natural for me necessarily to say, I would just, I just want to be, you know, the ever loving optimist because it's a, I think it's a struggle that many of us battle. But scripture is very clear. Scripture is very clear. The importance of us continually giving praise to the Lord. And so that goes back to taking captive every thought so that when we have these negative thoughts coming into our minds, we need to be careful to take captive those thoughts and bring it back to Scripture so that we can uh, be lined up with the Word of God the way we should be. Our heart should be overflowing with gratitude and with thankfulness and with praise. I mean, there, it's, it's not just only the relationship that we have, which that is predominantly, that's it. That's the main thing. But we, we are a blessed nation. I know there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but we still have freedoms that other people do not have. We are a blessed people. I believe we're a blessed church. I believe we're... Uh, should be counting our blessings in every way that we can imagine. Just, just constantly thanking God for His blessings and even the air we breathe. And so I just can't imagine what it would be like to go through life not giving gratitude to the one who deserves all gratitude. So if you will now, with that 
way of introduction kind of leading into the idea that we really need to be thinking, getting our minds lined up with constantly the best we can, bringing back under the authority of Scripture. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. And what I'd like to do is I'm just going to go verse by verse through this and see if we can just be encouraged by what the Scripture has to say concerning our relationship as born-again believers. So I'll just begin in verse 1, but actually the emphasis is going to start in verse 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is where we need to really start paying attention. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. I just That is such a, a passage of, of truth here that just encouraged uh, it should encourage all of us as we read it and we meditate on it and we think about it. Just the fact that this is not because of our effort. This is not because of me straining and working and achieving and being such a good guy. This, the scripture says that the Lord Jesus Christ, because of my faith in him, because of the relationship of being born again, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. I have a little concern when people are constantly seeking more blessings from God. In other words, they're, they're praying for more blessings when the scripture is clear. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That is a fact from the word of God that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. So, and then it goes down and starts listing this wonderful list of spiritual blessings and the key benefits that we have a relationship with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was just thinking this week, with all the bad news, and there's so much bad news out there. I mean... It, it, you just almost have to just turn it off. You just have to just almost turn away because there's so much negative, so much bad news. But we need to be grateful that we have a relationship with the creator of everything. 
I mean, we have a relationship to God. I mean, we have our, he is our father. He is our heavenly father. And he's blessed us uh, with all spiritual blessings. I looked up the word, the Greek word for uh, blessings, the word here, the Greek word is eulogy, and it means to speak well of. God, because of Christ, because of who he is, because of what, he's God in the flesh. I mean, he died in our place, and because of him, not because of anything I'm doing, not because of my uh, great spirituality, it's because of him, God speaks well of us. God has spoken about us. The good things. He's pronounced good things for us and our benefits that are ours because of our relationship with Him. We couldn't even begin to count all the numbers of blessings that God has blessed us with. And then the scripture goes on according as He hath chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. And without blame before him. That we're holy. God declares. He's spoken it. That because of Christ. Because he sees. Really sees Christ. And, and, and it's because of him. That we have this relationship. But we are holy. Because Christ is holy. And we are without blame. Because uh, Christ is blameless. And he's chosen us. And made us holy and without blame because of his wonderful love and his good pleasure and his grace toward us. He's extended his grace and he's offered us free salvation. I mean, it's just incredible. There, you know, it's just so sad, isn't it? The denominations that, that uh, teach works salvation. They teach that you've got to do better, you've got to be better. And, of course, the classic, and some of you will remember me, uh, you know, telling you this, but it, it was just a heartbreaking statement uh, at one of our relatives' uh, funerals. She had died of cancer, and she, uh, they were of a denomination that believed in work salvation and baptismal regeneration. And, um, and the preacher at the funeral made the comment that on her deathbed, she was asking him and saying to him, I just hope I've done enough. I mean, can you, can you imagine dying? You're, you're on your deathbed and you don't have any confidence that when you breathe your last, you're going to go be with the Lord? I mean, how sad, how tragic. We had a man in our church years ago and said, he said, that denomination, he believes, one of the cruelest denominations on the face of the earth. Just because it's people are trying to earn their way to heaven. And God has extended his grace. He's chosen us before the foundation of the world. And he's determined that we, because of Christ, that we're holy and blameless, and it's His grace that makes it all possible. It's an amazing thing to think that God made this decision before 
sin even entered the world. According as he hath, verse 4, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Incredible, incredible that before the foundation of the world, God already declared it, already knew it, already had planned it. And then, verse 5, having predestinated on us to, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, um, this issue of abortion and the big debate now in the different states and, and all, I saw just a headline. I didn't read the whole article, but I saw the headline that this one person said that she was so thankful that her mother chose life for her instead of an abortion for her. And she was, I mean, she was an adult woman. And she said, I'm so grateful my mother chose life. Folks, and, and she was adopted. She was given up for adoption. And, and that's a wonderful thing. It's so much better than murdering a baby, killing a child. But we have been adopted by God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has adopted us and put, placed us into his family because of Jesus and his shed blood. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You know, I don't know if y'all struggle with just knowing the reality of who you really are. I mean, isn't it amazing on Sundays we can kind of dress up and, you know, look the part and we sing our hymns and we, you know, give the praise and everything. But does anybody really want to be just honest and just open and say, you know, God really knows the real me. God knows the real me. And I just don't really, in fact, I had someone say to me, this was years ago, they said, and they struggled with this. I just don't know how God loves me and will save me because they were dealing with the real them. They were dealing with the real, who they really were because we can, look, we can, we can hide things from each other. We can we can camouflage, if you will, things from each other. We can keep things from each other. But there, there's no keeping anything, not one thought from God. I mean, every thought, every word, every intention, our motives. What is our motive? Why are we doing what we're doing? What's driving us? God knows all of that. And so much of it, so much of it is not driven by, a, you know, a righteous. It's really a lot of the things that we get involved in are not necessarily driven by the authority of the word of God. So, but he's adopted us and he's blessed us and he's given us all of the benefits 
of his children. John 1, 12. We are the sons of God. We've been born into his family. We're accepted in the beloved. We've been accepted. And I don't know, you know, people do struggle with self-acceptance. I, may I just kind of sidestep here just a moment and say, and I, I just, I try to avoid these all these hot button issues, but I think a lot of what we're seeing out there today, that the damage and the harm that people are doing to their own bodies, I really think a lot of it goes back to they just don't, they just don't have self-acceptance. They've never accepted themselves the way God made them. That's why, I mean, think about the idea that, you know, people are trying to decide which gender they are. You know, and I'm glad I saw uh, this week that one Texas school has made it a ruling that you will enter the bathroom of the gender that you were born in. And but people are they just don't they haven't been they don't accept how God made them. So they're making all these changes in their bodies and outward and all the stuff, and I'm telling you, it, it's, just, it's just sad. It's sick, but it's sad. But to think with all of this, if a person would humble themselves and acknowledge their sin and acknowledge their need, that they could come to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and, and all of it, that God knows, he knows everything about us and he can declare us accepted in the beloved. He can cause us to be adopted into his family. We are then born again. We put on Christ. And God looks at us as he sees us through his son, his wonderful, lovely son. We are in Christ. And his blood has taken away the guilt of the sin that we stand before the Father and as perfectly accepted and clothed in his righteousness. That's, that's an incredible, incredible thought that we're accepted in the beloved. In whom, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The redemption is the idea of buying one's freedom, paying a ransom for our sins. A debt that we owed was canceled and we are forgiven. We no longer bear the burden and guilt for violating the word of God and God's laws. The debt of sin has been paid. He's bought us He's redeemed us. He's paid everything in full for each one of us through his son, his wonderful son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sin, the ransom has been paid. Verses 8 and 9, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. The ability 
the ability, along with this adoption, along with this being placed in the family of God, we have the ability given to us by God to know His will. And, and it sh it's not that difficult when you have the open book test. You know, you've got, I mean, it's here. It's here for all of us. And to be able to determine and know His will. And we begin to see His plan begin to see how he works. We begin to see what he's about and what he expects. And then verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. An inheritance. An inheritance from God. A complete, it's full, it's all the benefits, everything is included, and it's special. It it ought to bring us to our knees. It ought to it ought that inheritance that we're looking forward to. I just can't imagine the blessing. I you know, I was thinking today on the way in, I was thinking, I just can't imagine someone going through life as a non-believer hearing the gospel hearing salvation, hearing about heaven, hearing about what, what is all out there for us, that we don't, we don't even have a real clue. We have the, the word, but I'm going to tell you, it, there's going to be nothing like it when we step off into eternity and we're face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ and we're in heaven. I, I just don't think we can even imagine it. I don't think we can fathom how great and how wonderful it's going to be. But a lost person, they're, I hate to use this word, but they're gambling. They're gambling. They're saying, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But, you know, I was, I was dwelling and thinking about, but the, but the cost, if you're wrong and, and, and I'm right, the cost if you go off into eternity, I can't even fathom what it would be like to be in hell forever and ever and ever with no relief. I mean, I, I just can't fathom that. You know, I had someone, uh, and I'll preach, uh, I'll, I'll preach on it again someday. But, you know, some people have the idea, well, you, you shouldn't get saved because you're concerned about hell. No, I'm going to tell you what, I think hell is a good deterrent. I think if you start thinking about dying and burning forever and ever in hell and the torture and the pain and the agony and there's no let up, there's no relief, there's no, it doesn't subside. It's just forever. I can't imagine it. And yes, when I was in service and I was not really taught the Bible or trained or anything, but I did believe in hell. And I believed at that point because Vietnam was going and, you know, a lot, so many were dying in Vietnam. And I thought I probably I could end up there and I could be dead and I don't have any. I have no grounding. I have no I, I just don't I don't know. So I started seeking. I started going to the chaplain, making appointments and asking questions. But it was it was because I was concerned about dying and burning in hell. And I was told about Jesus. 
And I'm going to tell you, I, I just personally don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I mean, you get, you know, this idea that, well, we're, we're supposed to just love the Lord and then we'll get saved. I don't, you know what, I don't even think that's a scriptural. In an unregenerate, lost, I don't think you even know what loving the Lord is. You don't really love him till you enter into relationship with him through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine. I can't fathom people going through life, turning their back on Jesus. And if they're wrong, which we know they are, but if they're wrong, Forever and ever and ever, suffering in eternity and hell forever. I just can't, I just can't fathom it. And so, the spiritual benefits. You know, like I said, there's so much bad news out there, but I think it's important that we keep bringing our minds back to all these blessings that we're accepted. I mean, can you imagine? We are accepted. If you're born again today, you're accepted in the beloved. I mean, that is incredible. I'm God has accepted me. He's accepted us in the beloved. Salvation, eternal life, all spiritual blessings. And God did it all, had it all planned out before the foundation of the world to make us holy and blameless. I mean, it's incredible. Now, it doesn't mean that we should make light or make fun of our earthly benefits. And there are so many. You know, I think a lot of times, as I said last week, I think we have a tendency as humans to start with the earthly. But the blessings that we see every day ought to drive us to the source of the blessings. But just think about it. In America, the jobs that you've had, the homes you live in, our food, it's a, it's a bounty that we have. The clothes that we wear, our country, our freedom, God's creation. Does anybody just appreciate just seeing the creation of God? The blue skies and the rain and the snow, which I have an all-new perspective of snow and cold weather that I never had when I was a kid growing up. That full moon. I tried, to, I tried to take some pictures this last full moon as it's coming up over the horizon and the trees and tried to take pictures. But there's nothing that really captures the beauty of what you're seeing. We saw a sunset the other night. And it was, well, in fact, wasn't it when we were driving home from a church last Sunday night? We were driving home. And the sun was going down and the, the sunset... I took several, I mean, you know, please don't think bad of me, but I'm driving and choo, 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 you know, but there was really no traffic out there. Not much. 
And, and just be aware, I've got that newfangled deal that beeps every time I hit the lines. So, you know, I can go off a little bit and go beep, beep, beep. My wife loves that. <laughs> Y'all think she's perfect, some of you do. But I'm going to tell you what. She's not perfect when she keeps track of how many times it goes beep, beep on the way home. She's keeping track. She, she, she says, well, just think you made it all the way home and you only beat nine times today. <laughs> and I said, if that's unconditional love, you don't keep track of stuff like that. <laughs> and then my famous saying that I've said for years we're so blessed, we're a country that flushes our toilets with drinking water. Think about that thought. We are so blessed that we flush our toilets with water we could drink. Now don't tell me we're suffering. And I know I've heard these stories, you know, we throw out more trash than so many people have in a month to eat. And that's exactly true. Because we are so blessed. We are so blessed. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, because of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross, has so abundantly blessed us. It's beyond, I believe it's beyond... We can read it and we say we understand it, but I don't think we really get it totally. And I don't think we'll really get it totally till we're there. And then I believe we're going to get it and there's going to be a shout like you've never shouted before. Because we just think we know how wonderful it is and how the blessings have piled up on us. God has blessed us richly. And somehow we need to be very careful as God's children not to take for granted all of these blessings that he has given us. We, we certainly don't deserve it. It's just out of his goodness. It's out of his mercy. It's out of his character. It's out of who he is. That he cares so much that he's given us so much. Spiritually and physically. He just keeps pouring out the blessings on us. Bountiful blessings. More than we can ever imagine. I want to show you something. And I think I've only shared this verse one other time. But... I really believe it's a verse that we can apply, practically speaking, and, and it's something that, even though it's Old Testament, I believe we can apply it to the grace of God and His wonderful blessings toward us. If you will, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I hope you'll turn there. You need to see this. It has to do with our obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And, it, and when I read this the very first time years ago, it, I, I underlined it, I highlighted it, and it just I circled the, the verse number, and it just jumped off the page. It just was so incredible. And it shall come to pass, verse 1, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now I want you to look at verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on thee, and look at this next part, and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You know, I looked at this in different translations. The idea that if you'll obey and hearken to the voice of the Lord, God speaks, you do what He says, you be obedient, we're not perfect. Positionally, we're blameless and holy. But here we struggle with humanity and sin and failure. But when God speaks through His Word, through His Spirit, speaking through His Word, the promise is His blessings shall overtake thee. It's the picture of someone being chased, running a race, and someone coming from behind and overtaking them. It's these blessings of God. God is so amazing to think about all that God has planned for His church, all that God has planned for His people, all that God has planned for His family, all that God has planned for you and you and you and you and me and us because of Christ. And if we'll just hearken to his voice when he speaks through his word and his spirit, the blessings, the blessings will come and overtake us. It's incredible. And that's not the, you know, the prosperity gospel. That's the, the word of God telling us that we will be blessed in a way that we can't imagine just from being obedient to the scriptures. Being obedient to the Word of God. Being obedient to what God is saying and what God is speaking to us. Israel, you know my wife and I have talked about this several times here in the recent weeks and months. But Israel disobeyed God at Kadesh Barnea. The vote was 10 to 2, you know the account. They wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. But ask yourself the question, even in rebellion, and that's what it was, did God ever leave them? Did God ever forsake them? You see, that's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we, we love and, and live for. And so much, we all struggle. We all have issues, every single one of us. And you know, I've, I've kind of coined this little thing, but some of the struggles that we face, and we have to be honest, we have to admit, some of the struggles we face in life are self-inflicted. 
Some of the things that I deal with in my life, personal things, are self-inflicted. But it's amazing. Self-inflicted or not, God is always there. Whether I'm right or wrong, God is always there. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. But he has so much. A life of obedience. A life. Some people go through life and they're, they're, they're satisfied with just average. But God has so much more. God has so much more. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2, 9, as it is written, and this, this, I mean, this ought to just encourage your heart. It ought to encourage you to say, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear your voice today. I want to hear from you. As it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor either entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. See, so many of us, are satisfied with just average, just status quo. But God has so much more planned. I am convinced he has more. He has more for our church. He has more for our families. He has more for us as individuals. But we restrict ourselves and place limits on ourselves because of our lack of faith. And our lack of obedience. And so it's encouraging to me to think that God has so much. It's not even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for us. We can't imagine it. We can't fathom it. But God has so much, so much more. Don't lose sight of it. Don't doubt it. As Keith Daniel, can y'all just hear him up here? Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. God has so much. He has so much planned, so much potential, so much available. Spiritual plans that God has for all of us. He's poured out his blessings. He's declared us holy and blameless. He's promised to supply all of our need. I mean, if you've got to, he's, the need is singular. It is Christ, but it does apply to all of our needs. You have a genuine need, you can count on it. And if you don't get it, then you didn't need it. I I can remember the days. I don't do this so much anymore. I used to. I used to tell people if I was going to waste time, I'd waste time looking at a Cabela's catalog. But I had my want list. Man, I had I had a want list a mile long. And I would just I would just finally come to the conclusion that if I didn't get it, then I didn't need it. And that was kind of probably not the most spiritual application I've ever applied. <clears throat> you remember Ron Dunn's sermon. Some of you remember 
You know, we have struggles. We have issues. We have things going on, every one of us. And his sermon, I never will forget it as long as I can still remember that good and bad run on parallel tracks and often arrive at the same time. Good and bad run on parallel tracks and often arrive at the same time. Our obedience, when we obey the word of God, folks, this is important to get. Our obedience, when we obey the word of God, has a positive effect on other believers. It does affect other believers in a positive way. Abraham's obedience to God equal to blessings to all families of the earth. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. So what are we to seek? How do we wrap this up? How do we come to the end of the idea of Thanksgiving? And <clears throat> we ought to be doing this every week instead of just around Thanksgiving. We should seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to us. Matthew 6, 33. We need to seek the kingdom of God. We need to today. It's not about seeking the blessings and seeking all these other things. We ought to be seeking him, seeking the person, seeking the source, turning to him, seeking the, uh, his righteousness. And the scripture says, and all these things will be added unto thee. We shouldn't take the blessings for granted. We shouldn't abuse grace. But we need to pay attention because you know what? When you obey, when we obey, when we're a church and we obey, I am confident, I am confident based on the authority of the word of God that his blessings will overtake us. His blessings will overtake us. And it comes from a heart that when you hear the voice of God, when you hear his voice and you obey, he just continues to pour out his blessing on top and on top. And he has so much more planned for every one of us than we can ever imagine. We sell ourselves short because of our own sin and failure. And I'm not, as I've already said, not the ever-loving optimist. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm optimistic 100% all the way on God's word. And he doesn't make a promise that he doesn't keep. So I ask you today during this invitation time to examine your own heart. Determine where we are. Are you a person of doubt? Are you a person of faith? Are you struggling? Have you appreciated all that God has done through his word, through his grace, through the blood? Have we come to that place where we really, really are willing. And I think God has to just get us there sometime. And we just have to just, I've said it so many times, God just really has to pull the rug out from under us to get us to fall on our face. And that's really the best place to be.
Keep us needy, O Lord. Keep us needy. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises. We thank you the scriptural uh, truths that we've covered today, just how blessed we are, how you've reckoned us, you've redeemed us. Father, it's incredible. And our minds, our minds can't, we just can't even come close to fully comprehending all that is ours because of your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that today that our hearts would be renewed, that our hearts would be encouraged, that our hearts would be ready to obey, and that we would just express our love to you in such a special way today, that we have confidence that you have blessings that are going to overtake our church, going to overtake us, overtake our families, as we obey you and hear your voice and hearken unto your voice. We just love you, Father. Thank you so much for all that you've done, how we are positionally holy and blameless, perfect, complete. God, it's just so wonderful, so, so good. And we thank you and we love you. We pray that if there's anyone here that's lost today, that they'd be saved before it's eternally too late. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.